0: Here's the pitch by Downing. Swinging. There's a dive into left center field. That ball is going to be out of here. It's gone. It's seven fifteen. There's a new home run champion of all time, and it's Henry From the Tanglewood Studios on the Baseball One Hundred One Network. This is the Baseball One Hundred One Go Six Podcast. So welcome to the Go6 Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Wasleger. This is, uh, what are we here? We're episode 11 into the Go6 Podcast. We are very fortunate. We've had a little bit more listeners each week. We've had some people interacting by sending emails and and, um, tweeting at us. And so we're continuing to grow, and that's a great thing. Uh, During this time, of a unique time we're going through with the coronavirus, sort of hoping that everyone out there is able to seize the opportunity that we have that is a unique opportunity to maybe spend some time doing things that we couldn't do a lot of before, learning new things. I know I see a lot of tweets out there and a lot of messages come into our show about people learning new things and getting involved in new things, but one of the things that I've been involved in, and my son Owen actually told me about it, was there is a former NFL player named Steve Weatherford, and um, he was a fantastic punter, and I remember um, not only was he a good punter, he was a Super Bowl champion, and he got some other exposure because of his fitness routine and what kind of phenomenal shape he was in, especially considering that he was a punter. Um, and uh, he continued to get uh, notoriety because of that and deservedly so. Well, he's been doing this thing, and he mentioned that he was really called by God to do it during this uh, coronavirus. But he's put together this a daily devotional exercise regimen called the Mighty 300. And it is absolutely just fantastic. I can't say enough about it. Um, My son told me about it for several days. I finally got on it myself. Um, And I was just floored by the daily devotions prior to the workouts, the discussion, the dedication, that he has to bringing this group, which I think he intended originally to be just fathers or fathers and sons, and now it's become families and a lot of different kinds of people involved. But so motivational, uh, so devotional when um, prior to the exercise portion of it, the workout is fantastic. Um, And the cool thing about the workout is that, he'll quickly suggest to you variations of different exercises. So if you're not able to do one, you can do a modification of that. But during the workout, it's extremely motivational. He has fantastic uh, guests on every week, Um, and I just can't say enough about it. And it's a a way for me to uh, not only um, get some spirituality in my life, in the mornings um 11 o'clock eastern time 8 o'clock pacific time 8 a.m pacific time but um hammer the workout and like he said in the workout today you you're you're here you showed up so let's work hard and let's keep going and uh, just extremely motivational you can see uh, you know really a blessing that he has done this with us and um he has a tremendous following and there's Pretty much regular people on there every day. And, um, and he just gets after it. High energy, uh, highly recommend it. If you're looking to do something a little bit different than your normal routine, um, normal workout, a lot of us, of course, are working out at home now. But if you're looking to do something, um, uh, different, and I would call it holistic, this would be the thing, the Mighty 300. Um, and uh, it it is really fantastic. And uh, it's a Zoom call, by the way. So it's a Zoom um, that uh, he gives us each day. He gives us the uh, information for the call. And I can share it right now because I'm sure he's not going to mind me sharing it. But it is a Zoom call, and the Zoom ID is 254 254- five zero nine one eight zero and the password is six eight nine four hundred and during that zoom call they always share his phone number with you and if you text mighty to that phone number he will text you almost every day to let you know when the um, what's going on with the workout and, uh, and that kind of thing. And his phone number is 949-763-5934. Again, this is Steve Weatherford, former New York Giants Super Bowl champion, doing something that he says he was called by God to do. And that is this Mighty 300, which is every day, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. Pacific time, 11 a.m. Eastern time. And uh, I would highly recommend it. I love it. And uh, I think you should just give it a try at least once and you'll become a follower. So got a good show for you today. We will uh, talk about playing in college, part two. Last week, we talked about who should pursue that dream and when you should start pursuing it. Uh, This week, what we'll go over is how to do that, Uh, talk about emailing coaches and uh, really getting yourself out there and giving yourself a good opportunity to play in college we'll also talk about uh, we'll also have our major league baseball talk this week as well as the playlist song of the week so stay with us and we will be right back So playing in college, we talked about who should consider playing in college and quickly review. We talked about you need to have skill, you need to have a passion and enthusiasm for the game, and you need to have or develop a work ethic. And once those things are identified, it is worth pursuing that dream. And that can start from the time you're in middle school, high school, um, by the time you're a sophomore junior in high school, you should know if wanting to play in college is, is a reality or not and start to part and start to pursue it. Part two of this is once we decide that, how do we do it? How do we get exposure? How do we get our name in front of college coaches type of thing? And one of those things are one of those things is camps and showcases. So the difference, Um, Sometimes the difference is not really, um, you can't really tell the difference, but um, camps at colleges, a lot of times we will email a coach at a college and they'll want us to come to their camp. And if that's a college that you're interested in attending, college or university you're interested in attending, I would recommend going to the camp. Many times these camps are Um, used to truly identify players and occasionally a player will come out of that camp um, and the college or university will sign that player. Um, Most of the players, however, that attend these camps will never go to that college or university and these camps um, are really a generator of revenue to help pay volunteer coaches. So um, it's it's a tough uh, line to navigate, but here's what I advise people. Freshman and sophomore year in high school, especially if they're a player who has been able to play some varsity or looks like they have some promise, I would plan to attend some kind of a showcase, maybe one college or university that you're interested in and one put on by a company. Now, there are bigger companies that put on these showcases. The Perfect Game is one of them. Top 96 is one, I think, still. And they can be found on the Internet, and you sign up for their showcases. And they usually do them either regionally or around the country. And you can find one that is relatively close to you and do it. Um, many college coaches attend those uh, those top 96 or perfect game or otherwise, um, many college coaches attend those showcases. So there is several colleges at once at these showcases that are put on by these companies. They typically range from anywhere to, from $150 to $300. Um, you run the 60 yard dash You'll get a chance to field ground balls and throw over to first. If you're an infielder, you'll get a chance to field fly balls and throw usually to third and home if you're an outfielder. If you're a pitcher, you'll get to usually throw to batters um, and throw a bullpen. If you're a catcher, you'll get to throw down to second. And all position players will get a certain amount of swings Um, and they'll, uh, like I said, be several college coaches there. If you go to a university or a college showcase or camp, there may be additional coaches there besides the university or college that's putting the clinic on. So the first thing I would do is as a freshman or sophomore, if we're really interested, I would go to maybe one of the showcases put on by a company. And then I would go to one, maybe a local university that you think you might have an interest in down the road. In the first year, freshman or sophomore year, that's what I would do. As I get a little older, um, junior year, and we still have, don't forget, we still are displaying some skill. We still have passion and enthusiasm for the game. Um, And we still are we have or are developing a work ethic and think we can make this a reality. Then I would up the game a little bit, start to zero in on what's what you might want to major or study in in college, find a university that matches up with that, decide how far you want to be from home, decide if you're going to need financial aid uh, and what whoever's paying for it can afford or can afford to pay back later and zero in on a couple of colleges that you think you might be interested in and attend their showcases. Um, and maybe again, one or two of the national type company showcases. And in the meantime, we can be certainly by junior year, we can be emailing college coaches. And if you want to know a little bit about the email and and, and that kind of thing, you can listen to our podcast, um, a few podcasts ago with um, Josh Jordan, the associate head coach at Duke. But we talked a little bit about that on that podcast, about what emails should look like. But essentially, they should be pretty short, pretty sweet. They should be addressed directly to the coach and not just uh, a, a email to a bunch of coaches all at once. Um, they should... Include some video if you have it, and they should be sent out by the player, not the parent, and quickly just identify a few things. Coaches aren't going to read a bunch of statistics. They will, however, notice if someone is, let's say, a left-handed pitcher, a left-handed pitcher who throws in the high 80s, ninety they will notice a player, position player, who runs a 6'6", 6'7", 60-yard dash. So if you've been timed in the 60-yard dash and you ran a good one and you're under 7, you're 6'8", 6'7", 60, uh, those are things that college coaches will notice. Um, Briefly mention maybe any rewards or anything like that, but these emails should be short and sweet. And if you don't hear back from the coach, maybe another month later, email again. Uh, Many times they will suggest you come to their camp. And if it's a college or university that you're genuinely interested in, go to the camp. But continue to follow up. Um, If you are at any of these showcases or camps where college coaches show an interest, uh, then I would... Make sure to find out from the college coach what your next steps should be. They may tell you they're just going to keep track of you and they may come and see you play in your summer ball or in your next year of spring ball. But if they show an interest, then I would say to continue to email them every now and then. Let them know you're still interested, what your grades are like, and uh, continue to pursue that. So that's basically... um, how to do it. Um, emails are good, although college coaches get a lot of emails, so it's important to try to make yourself stand out and uh, be short and sweet. Not mention, like I said, a bunch of statistics, but a couple quick hitters that will maybe get a coach's attention. Um, size is a big one sometimes. I'm a six-four left-handed pitcher who throws in the high 80s right now. That will get a coach's attention. I am um, a six-three outfielder, and I run a six-five-sixty, and I hit ten home runs this year on my high school team. That's something that is enough right there to get you a phone call, or a, or an email, or a response. So those are some things that will help in the recruiting process. Um, there are typically um, the showcases that you attend will typically give you an idea of what level you may or may not be able to play at. There are a lot of schools between division one, division two, and division three. And you need to find one that's realistic, both academically, financially for you and your family. Because let's remember, most schools don't give out a lot of money. Most schools don't give out full scholarships to everybody. Very rarely do baseball players get full scholarships and if they do it tends to be more uh pitchers than anything else so there's not a ton of scholarship money out there so you have to look at what's realistic for your family financially um if you qualify for financial aid if you qualify academically for that school many times a school will show some interest but they don't realize that you may not have the grades to get into that school so those are important things to remember um Please, please email questions to go6podcast at yahoo.com. That's go, the numeral 6, podcast at yahoo.com if I can help um, with any questions regarding recruiting. You can also tweet at me, at frozenrope8. That's at frozenrope8. And you can leave messages for the show in the anchor podcast or the iTunes podcast by tapping on the message button and leave message for the show and actually be interactive with the show if you want to. So that's our segment on recruiting. Um, If we missed anything, let us know. And if I think I missed anything, I'll come back and address it um, in future podcasts. Stay with us. So welcome back to the show. Hey, remember you can email us at go six podcast at yahoo.com. That's go the numeral six podcast at yahoo.com. You can follow us on Twitter at frozen rope eight. That's at frozen rope eight. And either of those things, you can comment, you can ask questions, you can give a shout out to your team or buddies on your team or whoever, Um, And we'd love to incorporate that into the show. Also, if you're listening on the Anchor Podcast or the Apple Podcast, you can tap the message button and leave an audible message. And we'll incorporate that right into the show. So again, that can be the form of a shout-out to your teammates, a comment, or a question. Now it's time for our segment, Major League Baseball Talk. Conversation and commentary about the league where they play. For pay. So I've been seeing some news lately with regard to Major League Baseball, talking about the shortened season, and it seems as though many articles uh, that I see, many stories that I see, and many people that are talking about it are considering it a foregone conclusion that we will have baseball, and that's pretty exciting, and that's pretty uplifting for me personally, um, and I'm sure for many people out there who are really missing baseball, but also really missing, um, uh, the absence of live competition. Uh, but the more, more they talk about this, um, they talk about the idea that it'll be a shortened season. And I've said several times in this podcast that it will be the most exciting season ever because the, there will be less games. There'll be more meaningful and, uh, It'll be very unique. People will tune in just like they tune in when the XFL started uh, in last February um, just to see something new, something different, and I think we're going to see that with Major League Baseball. I think the divisions are going to be changed, and we might be playing all our games in Arizona or Texas or Florida. But there's a few things, rule changes that they talked about, that they could implement and use this shortened season as a test lab for future seasons. And uh, they listed 10 different things that they thought, 10 different rules that they thought they could work on. And there's just a few of them here that I'll comment on. One is the universal DH. I think that would be a good idea um, to use it in both leagues, see how it works. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the DH because I like the strategy of trying to work around uh, the nine hole in the order. Um, if you're off, if you're on offense, it presents a challenge for you. Whether or not you're going to keep your pitcher in the game, you're going to pinch hit for him, when you're going to pinch hit for him, that kind of thing. I think it makes it a little bit too easy for managers offensively uh, to utilize the DH, and I think it puts a little bit of a strain on the pitchers, um, little unfair strain on the pitchers in the American League because they don't have to deal with uh, a weakness in the bottom of the order with the pitcher. But I think that it would be really cool um, to see how that works. And they say it's very likely in the short term um, and probably inevitable in the long term. But, uh, and they what they might do is they might let home team managers decide that this year. Um, So they'll have a universal DH, but... Much like we do in high school, sometimes we choose to use the DH or not use the the DH. They might be able to do that, and especially if they're the home team. um, They're looking to potentially eliminate instant replay um, and try and see how that works. Somewhat, uh, it'll be somewhat more difficult if they're at spring training ballparks to have the kind of instant replay that they have now, but what they're trying to do is streamline the replay system and make that a top priority. And in the short term, uh, in the short term, eliminating instant replay would improve the pace of play and also combat the sign stealing thing. So um, that would be something they'd potentially look at too. Another thing they can look at during this shortened season is an automated strike zone. Um, robot umpires have never been closer to reality than they are now. The automated strike zone, um, Major League Baseball calls it ABS. Automated balls and strikes was set to be used in some minor league parks this season. And that won't happen now because of the shutdown. But they could potentially use it in these um, shortened games for Major League Baseball. How likely is that? Um, I don't know. It's probably inevitable long-term in, the major, in Major League Baseball. In a perfect world, ABS would still be a few years away. Uh, but in the current reality, Major League Baseball may be forced to use the system earlier anticipated following this shutdown. So they'll do it um, if necessary, and we'll see, um, you know, if they will do it or not. And maybe they could only use, um, it, you know, they're talking about maybe only using it during blowouts um, late in a game. It's a blowout, and then they go to an automated balls and strikes system. They'll use potentially the shot, the uh, the pitch clock in this shortened season, I was about to call it a shot clock, but they'll, they'll they'll use the pitch clock in the shortened season for sure. I think that's an easy one. I think that's a slam dunk. Um, I think Major League Baseball wants to continue to improve the pace of play. So you may see the, um, the pitch clock, which um, is typically a 20-second pitch clock. And hopefully we'll see that. So we may see quite a few things. Um, it comes a point in every extra inning game the experience shifts from, you know, bonus baseball to, 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 to can we please get this over with. You know, some of those extra inning games might be curtailed, and they may allow ties. If they allow ties, uh, that would be really cool. It's not unprecedented in baseball, but they're rare. The last tie was in, I think, 2016, um, and during this crazy season that we start, uh, MLB could embrace ties to avoid unnecessarily long games especially if we're going to be playing double headers and things like that to get more games in so I think you might for sure see ties allowed Um, you might see a mercy rule as well Uh, not a bad idea at all I wouldn't mind seeing a mercy rule the only thing about a mercy rule is it prevents you from being able to use some of those pitchers and get some of those pitchers um, some work late in games So that's unfortunate, but it also prevents us from having to use a position player in a blowout where a pitcher, where a manager doesn't want to utilize or doesn't want to waste his bullpen in any way. So he throws a position player in there and um, potentially, you know, could get hurt. So we don't want to, we don't want to see um, that happen for sure. So um, a mercy rule could go into effect. Something that's really crazy that they talk about are ghost runner rules, um, and that's a really weird one. Um, ghost runner rules vary, but generally speaking, once the batter reaches base, he leaves the field, and his ghost runner advances at the rate of a batter. For example, if the ghost runner is on first and the batter doubles, the ghost runner goes to third. If he's on first for a single, he advances to second, etc. Ghost runner can be forced out. As long as the ball reaches the appropriate base before the batter crosses first base, sort of like we used to do when we played in the playground. So double plays can still be turned. Um, strategically, ghost runners would eliminate the running game, and base running can, and, and and base running can be a lot of fun. So that could be something that would be uh, a negative. How likely is this to happen? It's not very likely probably 95% that it won't happen, but the door is open a little bit. Firm rules would have to be established on when the Ghost Runners can and do advance, and even then managers would argue and teams would, would get upset. Um, Seven-inning games are possible. This is already being discussed to some extent. That would maximize the number of games played without ever without overly taxing the players. Four fewer innings per doubleheader is a pretty big deal, especially in the Arizona or Florida-Texas Heat or Texas Heat if they play in any of those three places. So you might see some seven-inning games for sure, especially when it involves doubleheaders. One other thing they talked about was quick counts. Um, a few years ago, Major League Baseball, the show Video Game, introduced quick counts. It was a feature that... Basically, uh, had a random count before each bat, like a one and one, three and oh, zero, zero and two, whatever. It's the luck of the draw. It made the game more realistic because it was impossible to draw walks or push the pitcher's pitch count up otherwise, and it speeds things along. Bringing quick counts into the real world would be a massive shift, and the more likely one would be like a one and one count. It's pretty unlikely, but it has been talked about. And they do this sometimes. We do it in our practices when we're scrimmaging sometimes, and it's certainly something that's pretty popular at showcases when high school players go to a college showcase and they're trying to get through uh, many batters, many participants at the showcase, and pitchers are pitching live trying to show coaches what they can do and hitters are trying to show coaches what they can do they'll often start out on a one-on-one count, which makes things flow and go uh, a little bit quicker. So um, those are some of the things that they're talking about possibly trying as they start this season a little bit late, and they can pretty much utilize this season as a test lab uh, a little bit. But again, I think some of those implementations will be really cool. I think the season is going to be really cool to begin with because of the shortness of it, because of the venues that they'll be playing in, because of the new divisions that they'll put together, uh, because of the doubleheaders that they'll try to squeeze in and possibly make seven innings. So there'll be those things, in addition to some of these rule change, rule change experiments, will be really cool. So just keep our fingers crossed that this all starts sooner than later, and we're going to have a fantastic Major League Baseball season. That's our MLB talk. Playlist Song of the Week is next. Stay with us. So the Playlist Song of the Week is a song that we suggest every week that you add to your playlist. And I've said this before, but I'll mention it again. We can't play it on our podcast because of copyright restrictions, but we like to suggest a song every week that maybe you can go Google or download from wherever you get your music from. So the playlist song of the week this week is currently number one on the billboard hot 100. It's the weekend blinding lights. Um, He released this. He's a Canadian artist who released this back in November, I believe it was. And it was actually featured in a Mercedes-Benz commercial that ran in Germany and started gaining some traction there. It's been used to promote uh, the Super Bowl and most recently WrestleMania 36, but uh, the weekend... He's no joke. This is his fourth album. This is the second single, I think, on his fourth album. And so he's been around for a little while now, um, at least since 2012, I think, or 13. And he's been showing some consistency and producing good songs. This has been hailed as sort of an 80s sound, pop, rock type thing. But um, Blinding Lights by The Weeknd. Google it. Download it, add it to your playlist, get inspired. That's the playlist song of the week, The Weekend, Blinding Lights. So that'll do it for us this week. Thanks for listening wherever you are. Please tell somebody else about the podcast so we can continue to grow. Stay tuned because we'll continue to do our short special edition podcasts in between the weekly podcasts. So I'm going to keep at it. Try to get 1% better and can't wait to be with you next time.